0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Now, as always, I'm incredibly excited that you're here. We are actually going to be deep diving into a very special topic today, which is procrastination. Now, this is a topic that was requested by some of the amazing members over in our online community on Facebook called the BU Community. So make sure you do head on over, search for the BU Community on Facebook, jump on into that. So you can interact with other podcast listeners, other people who are interested in personal development and well-being, and also ask questions. This is, as I said, a request sent into us by some of the people in that group. We were going to do a different topic, but then this came up and we went, you know what, this is too good of a topic to miss. We are going to record this straight away for you guys. So, as I said, it's all about procrastination today, and if you are someone who considers yourself a bit of a pro on procrastination, someone who tends to leave things to the last minute, someone who tends to push things back, even if you know there's going to be a negative outcome of doing so, then listen up because this episode is all for you. We're going to teach you why procrastination happens and also give you some handy tips and tricks to begin overcoming that habit and become more of a proactive action taker than someone who just procrastinates. So with that said, let's jump into the episode. So let's jump straight into it and let's begin by clarifying what exactly is procrastination because it's something that's spoken about a lot but until you actually really get the the knowledge and the depth of understanding of going, oh, this is actually what it is, it's hard to move forward. You know, we always teach at BU there's a few stages to making change and the first one is awareness, so actually going, okay, I'm someone who procrastinates a bit, that's something I need to change but also understanding of going, okay, I understand why I procrastinate, I understand how that comes up, and then from there we can begin making change. So procrastination is defined as the action of delaying or postponing something, and normally it's done on something that we see value in it, something that we see as important and something that we know will have a bit of a negative outcome if we don't take action on it, yet we continue to push it back. Now, procrastination has a habit, and it is. It's a habit and built behavior. It's something you've learned to do over time and uh, just haven't trained yourself out of it. So I always cringe a little bit when I hear people say, oh, I'm just a procrastinator. That's who I am. And it's so linked to their identity because that's not who you are. It's not hard built into your DNA or into your genetics. It, it is something you've learned to do, and it can be changed like any other habit or behavior. But the behavior of procrastination itself is very much linked to short-term or instant gratification compared to long-term or delayed gratification. Now, if you've been in the personal development space for a little bit, you may have already heard about the marshmallow study where they sat kids down and put one marshmallow in front of them and said, you can eat it now or you can wait a little bit until I come back into the room And if you wait till they come back, I'll give you two marshmallows. And what they found is the kids who were able to delay their gratification and wait until the uh, researcher came back into the room and put the second marshmallow on the table before taking action, they were more successful later in life in terms of their uh, college and university scores. They were more successful in terms of their career progression. They were on average paid higher. They normally had better health outcomes. And the reason is because all the good things in life come from learning how to wait and play the long game. They come from learning to not take immediate gratification and instant pleasure. And often, the best things in life come from going through a little bit of shit, through a little bit of pain on the first step. You know, there's a great saying I love from one of my coaches, which is, if the first two steps are pain, the long-term outcome will be pleasure. But If the first two steps are pleasure, the long-term will be pain. And let's put that in example. Let's say we put it in terms of exercise. Now, if your first step is pain, it's yeah, getting up early before work. Second step is pain is going and doing the exercise. Exercise in and of itself is is painful. It's difficult. But the long-term pleasure is more energy, better health, better well-being, better vitality, all the benefits that we know are linked to exercise. If we flip that, the short-term pleasure is getting asleep in, you know, uh, snoozing the alarm. The next short-term pleasure is maybe you, you know, took a little bit more time in the morning, slowed everything down. But if you keep doing that, right, the long-term pain, long-term outcome is worse energy, worse focus, worse health, like all the things that we know are likely to happen if you don't exercise regularly. So I do love that idea of looking at long-term game and and delayed gratification. I think it's very powerful. And the thing with procrastination where this links in, procrastination is normally we're looking for the short-term fix. We're looking for the quick dopamine here. We're looking for the thing that feels good now. And by doing so, we're setting ourselves up for suffering later. We're setting ourselves up for more stress, more overwhelm, more anxiety further down the line, especially if what we're procrastinating on has a deadline that is drawing nearer. Whereas if we look at delayed gratification and we look at, okay, the first step might be pain. It might be actually sitting down, carving out some time and committing to following through on this thing I've been procrastinating on. And then while you're doing it, there's probably a bit of pain. You're like, oh, there's so many other things I'd rather be doing or that could be better to be doing. But the long-term pleasure of that, if you get it done, it's one less thing on your plate, and you're not going to be as stressed or overwhelmed towards the end of the deadline. So I love to think about procrastination in terms of that long-term versus short-term gratification. And knowing that that short-term instant gratification is such a problem these days. It is linked to so many negative outcomes, whereas that long-term gratification is so linked to better outcomes. And I always, it's the classic, it doesn't matter if you lose the battle, if you win the war. Right. So focus on winning the long-term game and knowing that part of doing that is overcoming procrastination. Now, there's a common myth when it comes to procrastinating and procrastinators, people who procrastinate a lot, and that is that they are inherently lazy. I've actually found the opposite. I've found that the best procrastinators are normally very action-oriented people, and they're normally very busy people. They're very, Their days are always filled. Right? They pride themselves on on being go, go, go all the time. But the difference is they are great at the busy work and not the effective work. And they're really good at doing a lot of stuff in their day to try and trick themselves into thinking they've been effective, but then they've not actually got the important shit done. And so the important shit is what's procrastinated and gets pushed back and back and back. Now, the first thing you're going to have to learn to do and begin training in yourself if you're going to break the habit of procrastination is you've got to learn to slow down your brain. Because when your brain is running at a thousand miles an hour, coming up with infinite distractions and other ideas and shiny objects, it becomes so much harder to sit down and do the shit that matters. It becomes so much easier to get distracted and to just do the busy work again. And unfortunately, slowing down our brain is quite difficult these days. Because look around, we are in a society that is built around instant gratification. Well, we are just talking about, that short-term gratification. You know, we ha- we, it used to be that if someone wrote you a letter, it was fine waiting a week for it. Now we expect someone to respond to a text immediately. It used to be if you didn't know the answer to something, it was fine to go research it. Now it's expected that you Google it straight away because you just must know. We are living in a society that's moving faster and faster and faster. and As a result, our brains are starting to move faster and faster and faster as well, which is a strength, but it's also a huge weakness if we don't know how to slow it down every so often. Now, there's two main ways I recommend learning to slow your brain down. One is meditation or mindfulness, and I've spoken about this a lot throughout this podcast. Taking the time to be present where you are, to do some breath work, and to be mindful about what you're doing to really meditate and sit with it is a great way to train your brain to slow down a little bit and to focus on what actually matters and that is a lifelong skill that's not only applicable to procrastination it is applicable in so many areas like I highly recommend even if it's just 30 seconds a day just start with some form of of mindful practice and the other one is get into nature and leave the technology at home you know nothing is as powerful at slowing down your brain as going for a nice mindful walk through nature doesn't matter if it's the beach or the forest or the mountains or wherever you want to go but leave the technology at home it is such a great way as i said to really slow the brain down bring you back to present and just train your brain to focus on what matters yeah you know, as we were talking about before in a society that really prioritizes speed and Know, efficiency and getting a thousand things done in a day, bringing yourself back to meditation, bringing yourself back to mindfulness, bringing yourself back to nature is a great way to help retrain your brain to what's actually designed to be doing. And it's a great way to begin undoing you know, some of that damage that's done by it always being on high alert, always looking for distractions, always looking for the uh, threats and always looking for the next best idea. You know, obviously, these are habits which really contribute towards procrastination. Okay, so let's have a chat about my favorite ways to overcome procrastination and to help people break that pattern and that behavior of procrastinating. Now, the first one is the most important. This one must be done. Start writing things down. Plan your day. It astounds me how many people are running around doing busy work but not effective work who say they're so busy all the time and they're procrastinating on so much But when you unpack it with them, there's actually not that much there. It's just when it's in your head and not written down, it expands. And when we tell ourselves in our head, I've got so much to do, it's so easy to believe that story and then we have these thousand ideas running through our head that are half finished and some not all that important. By far the best thing you can do at the start of your day, sit down, write down what you would like to get done in the day. Put some structure to it. And if you really want to go far with this, visibility is the aim of the game. Make sure it's somewhere where you see it consistently. And ideally, someone else can see it too because that brings in accountability. Visibility and accountability are so powerful in helping you overcome procrastination. But write shit down. And when you're writing it down, this really ties into my second piece of advice around breaking procrastination. Write it all down and do your overall plan. But then when you're actually attacking it and approaching it and taking action, no more than three steps at a time. Now, what do I mean by that? It is so common in procrastination that we look at the thousand steps that we tell ourselves need to be done and just the act of looking at that list is so overwhelming that we have a nap instead. You know, it's it's the common one if you've ever thought about cleaning the house and then mentally you list every single item on what needs to be done to clean the house and then you don't do any of it because it's too much. The best, your playing game is between three and seven. So focusing on first three steps, have maybe up to the first written down. We actually have a rule at BU we've just initiated with the whole team. No one is allowed to have more than seven things on their to-do list at a time. So when we look at our project management app and we actually look at what everyone in the BU team is doing, we make it a rule that you do not have more than seven on there. At the end of the week, if there's more than seven, our uh, COO, Jordan, will sit down with you and go, right, what are the priorities here? What's more important? And then we delegate or we delete or we do quick wins and get a bunch out very fast. But we don't let it build because the longer it gets, the less likely you are to take action. Right? We think more choice is more freedom. It's not. More choice leads to analysis paralysis. More choice leads to procrastination. Having more options on the table and more things for you to do in your day leads you to do none of them. Whereas when you break it down and go, right, today I am just focusing on and you just choose three things, you're so much more likely to commit. You're so much more likely to follow through. Right? Mark my words. Choice is not freedom. Structure is freedom. Having it written down, having it narrowed down to the ones that are actually important, that's what makes the difference. And Now on that, my third piece of advice is eat the frog. Now what I mean by eat the frog, eat the frog is a great concept by Brian Tracy. It's, he actually wrote a book called Eat That Frog. Eating the frog refers to do your highest energy, most overwhelming tasks, when you've got the most energy, which when you put it like that, it makes sense. But so often what happens is say you get to work, you know, there's a massive project that you're meant to be working on and you keep procrastinating on it. You go, okay, I'll do that at lunch. For now, I'll just do my emails in the morning. And then the more it goes on, you get to lunchtime and you go, oh, I'm a bit tired. I'm exhausted. I'm not thinking creatively today. I'm not focused. I'll push it back again. It's important for you to find where do you operate the best. Now, I'm not saying first thing in the morning is for everyone. I know first thing in the morning is my best thing. If I have not done the important shit by midday, it's probably not going to be done. Being real with myself, that is how I work. I will do the easy shit like checking emails, responding to messages on Facebook, all the basic stuff in the afternoon. I know my best times for the big projects, for the really important stuff, but the stuff that is quite energy dense is first thing in the morning. But I know plenty of people who are night owls. I know plenty of people who get a little boost of energy after lunchtime and that's when they're best operating. The important thing is you find out where you're best and you schedule and remember when we spoke about planning your day and writing shit down? This is where you use that skill. You write down your frogs or the big scary things, right? The big energy-dense tasks in the times when you know you have the most energy. And you put your easy tasks, the small wins, in the times when you're low on energy because you're still able to do them. You can still do them when you're depleted. And this brings us to the to the final piece of advice I have around procrastination. So let's just do a quick recap, right? First thing, write shit down. Get it out of your head. Then cull it. Get it down to your th- no more than seven tasks in a day is ideal. And, and three that you're really focusing on. Then we schedule in our frogs. We put our, our big, overwhelming, energy-dense tasks when we know we're likely to have energy. And we focus in on that. Now the next thing we do is we maximize perceived pain and pleasure. Now, we link back to what we are talking about before with um, long-term and short-term gratification. This is all based on pain and pleasure. Now, if you want to break it down to a very core biological level, as human beings, we're driven by two things, the desire to move away from pain and the desire to move towards pleasure. What normally happens in procrastination is we link pleasure to not doing the task. We link pleasure to Netflix or going and having a meal or... Listening to music or scrolling social media or anything that is a distraction. And we link pain to doing the task. We link pain to the thing that we want to be doing. And that's why we procrastinate, because on a biological level, our brain goes, move away from pain, move towards pleasure. So if you've linked pain to that big project you want to work on, your brain goes, hell no, I'm moving away from that. And if you've linked pleasure to Netflix, it goes, right, let's go there, let's procrastinate, let's watch Netflix. We've got to reverse that. We have to tie pain. To the distractions, so a great way to do that is just by asking yourself, "What happens if I choose this option?" And so I go, "Well, what happens if tonight, instead of working on an essay I'm writing, for example, I binge watch Netflix? What's the outcome of that?" I go, "Okay, the outcome is tomorrow I wake up, I feel a bit guilty and exhausted, you know, and stressed that I didn't do any of my essay." And what's the outcome of that? Well, then, because I'm so stressed, I'm actually less likely to do the essay because it's linking more pain to it, right? And eventually, there'll come a tipping point where the timeline's so close that I start doing it, but I don't do my best work. I stress. If we really want to maximize pain, I'm probably taking that stress out on my family and my loved ones. And then I'm probably cutting back on other things that are important, like I'm now skipping the gym or not eating well in order to finish the essay. And so, it's got this ripple effect where it's now having a negative impact on a lot of areas of my life just based on that one decision. And then we can look at pleasure. Okay, so what's the outcome of me sitting down, knuckling in and, and, and following through on doing this project? Even if it's just the first three steps. Remember we spoke about don't overwhelm yourself by looking at all of them. Just start with the first three. Get your momentum up first. You don't set out to build an entire house. You set out to lay a single brick. You do that multiple times. You have a house at the end. So for something like an essay, you don't set out to write a whole 3,000-word essay. You set out to write the intro and then paragraph one, and then paragraph two, right? Whatever it is, break it down into those tasks and then maximize the pleasure of it. What is the outcome of doing that? Okay, well, I free up time later. I'm going to do better quality work. It's a, I'm breaking the habit of procrastination. Where else can I apply this? Well, because I'm not stressed, I'm also going to have more time to go to the gym. And so we've spread this ripple effect of pleasure. Mark my words, you have to maximize pleasure to the task, maximize pain of not doing the task. If you can do both of those really well, I guarantee you will take action. I'm not promising you're going to like it, but you will take action. You will do it. And you'll start to break that habit of procrastination. It is by far the most powerful one, but to get to that point of using uh, perceived pain and pleasure, you've got to do the ones before it. You've got to write stuff down and get it out of your head first. You've got to begin training the micro habit of prioritization. Prioritization is so closely linked to procrastination and beating it. So we've got to have a look at what are the things that actually matter here? What are our small steps? Then you've got to look at uh, scheduling things in and looking at the frogs. You know, what are the big tasks that take the most energy, put them where it's in, um, where you're going to have energy. And then the last one, maximize that pain and pleasure. If you do all four of those things, you will begin breaking the habit of procrastination. Now, notice I said begin breaking it. You've trained yourself into this for a long time. It's not going to happen overnight. Like any new behavior, any new habit, any new skill, it will take time to get it right. But stick with it stick with those four things keep yourself accountable keep yourself visible to it this is where I recommend jumping into the BU community on Facebook and telling people what you've been procrastinating on and what you're breaking you know what habits you're building instead and then follow through it's just a consistency game from there That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Now, as always, make sure you take action with what you learned from today's episode. Please do not procrastinate on it, especially when we've just discussed procrastination. We always say knowledge alone is worthless. Lasting change requires action. So take what you've learned today, put it into practice, and that's how you're going to get those changes that you're looking for by being here. It does mean a lot to me that you spent some more time with me today on this podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be teaching these concepts to you each and every week. Not only myself, but with our amazing guest experts we have on for every second episode. As always, we do ask if you can quickly give us a five-star review and write a review is ideal as well. If you can write one in an Apple podcast or whatever you're listening to, make sure you write a little comment there. It does help us impact more lives. And as always, make sure you jump into the conversation and you connect with everyone as part of our BU Community Facebook group. The link is in the show notes as well as the link to book your complimentary connection call with one of our team. If you're someone who's been listening to this podcast for a while and you're loving what you're learning, but you are wondering about the next steps forward in developing your mindset and emotional well-being, don't procrastinate any longer on getting in touch with us, especially when you can book in a complimentary connection call to chat to one of our coaching team, ask any questions you have, but also to get their guidance so you get absolute clarity around the best way forward when it comes to building your mindset and your emotional well-being. It does make the world of difference to get that tailored advice that can only come from getting on the phone one-on-one with one of the coaches. But for now, until the next time we talk, you know how we do it. Be empowered, be exceptional, be you.